Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vegas Golden Knights season has now come to an end, and we officially begin another offseason in which we wonder, what could have been with this team? I'm not sure we'll ever get the answer to that, but I do know that there are a lot more questions than answers on this Monday night. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you for the first time to the post-postseason edition of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, September 14th, 2020. I am Danny Webster. I appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will be discussing the end of a season in which the Golden Knights put lofty expectations upon themselves only to fall short in the Western Conference Final, the Golden Knights lost 3-2 in overtime tonight to the Dallas Stars. The Stars will be moving on to their first Stanley Cup Final in 20 years, while the Golden Knights are eliminated in the playoffs for the third year in a row. Now, normally that would be a good thing, right? Here we are talking about a three-year franchise making it to the playoffs for three straight years. They go to the cup final in year one. They get hosed in year two and wondering what could have been had that played out any differently. And they make it all the way to the conference final in a season that was cut short due to COVID-19, brought back five months later, only to be played in a bubble. The Golden Knights were just to be lucky to even be in the position to be in the conference final. And they play a Dallas Stars team that not only punched them in the mouth, they pretty much stood toe-to-toe with them physically. And as a result of that, the Stars won the series, but the aggregate score was 9-8. to The Stars only scored nine goals, but they got four wins out of those nine goals because the Golden Knights only scored eight. And that, to me, is an underlying problem. The Golden Knights had a 2-0 lead 15 seconds into the third period when Riley Smith scored glove side on Anton Kudobin to give Vegas a 2-0 lead, all signs pointing to Vegas extending this series and pushing a Game 6 to Wednesday night. That would not be the case, however, because as he has done the three games that the Ben Sagan-Rajalov line was put back together, Jamie Ben does what Jamie Ben knows how to do, which is score big-time goals. Scores a goal about 10 minutes in to the third period to make it 2-1. to one, And the moment that happened, the minute, actually not even the minute, the second that that happened, the Stars turned up the pressure. They were, again, clogging the neutral zone. Vegas couldn't even get through center ice. They couldn't even get out of their own zone for some instances. And then eventually, Alex Tuck gets called for a tripping penalty on Rupe Heinz right behind the Vegas net. And then Joel Kiviranta, the hero from Game 7 in the second round, scores the tying goal to make it 2-2. Two to two. And then the Golden Knights nearly let one get away in regulation, only to go to overtime, in which Zach Whitecloud... Oh, jeez. I feel almost flabbergasted to even say 
this, but Zach Whitecloud commits a delay of game penalty in overtime. Denis Giryanov scores on a one-timer from the right circle, and the Stars win 3-2 to two on a, gosh, that, that kid had such a great postseason, and for it to only end like that, it, it, it is just gut-wrenching if you are a Golden Knights fan to see that kid who has had a bright season, a bright postseason, and is going to have a bright future ahead of him to commit that penalty, or to get called for that penalty, I should say, as uh, Peter DeBoer and Riley Smith eloquently put it, it was a shitty situation. Nevertheless, the Golden Knights blew a two-goal lead in the third period for the second year in a row. They blew a multi-goal lead in an elimination game that went to overtime and that they lost. I mean, it doesn't take much to say that there are a lot more questions than answers that pertain to this team. One being, what would have happened? If they played a full 82-game season, if COVID never happened, would they have gotten as far as they did? I'm not entirely sure because eventually they would have probably had to go through Edmonton. The Golden Knights won the round robin to get the easiest path they could to get to the Stanley Cup Final. They did that. They won all three games. They beat Dallas. They beat St. Louis. They beat Colorado to get the number one seed, to give them the chance to get the best path possible to the Stanley Cup Final. And for two rounds... They pretty much did that. They went through Chicago, the 12 seed that knocked off Edmonton. Then they get Vancouver, who surprisingly defeated the St. Louis Blues, only for Vegas to go up 3-1. to one. And then they throw in a goaltender, Thatcher Demko, who stands on his head for three games. And Vegas was fortunate enough to get out of Game 7. And then we go to this series where, you know, Dallas was very shocking in the sense that they did not score a lot of goals between the start of the round robin and up to round three. Their offense finally kicked it into gear in the last, what, nine games of the of the playoffs before they got to the conference final. So more power to them for not only showing that their offense is timely, but their defense was absolutely stellar. Their goaltending from Anton Kudobin was spectacular. All the factors that led to Dallas playing as well as they did along with Pete DeBoer not making many changes, the Golden Knights not really changing the way they play, not really changing the way they play defensively, all led to this inevitable demise from the Golden Knights. So where do we go from here? That is going to be the question between now and free agency, which is supposed to take place on October 9th. There are a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainties facing this team going forward. We will have plenty of time to dissect what is important as far as what Vegas needs to do when it gets to free agency. We have, we're have we going to have a lot of time to discuss that. I don't even know if tonight is the night to discuss the whole thing with the goaltending situation. I don't know if tonight's the night to really go into which team, which players should be gone, which players should be traded, which players fit DeBoer's system and which don't. I don't think tonight is a night for that. Tonight should be a night to reflect on a season that I I think many would agree was a disappointing end to a season filled with lofty expectations. And I think that is what we will dive into next in just a moment. 
talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship to you with a free two-day free shipping plan. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one listing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food to your craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory because right now, Who wouldn't like a nice slice of cheesecake knowing that the Golden Knights are out of the playoffs now? Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Again, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. You can also send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if that does suit your fancy. And again, I appreciate... Even though on a rough day for Golden Knights fans, I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode, in which I think we just need to revisit this season as a whole. Because right now, again, I don't think it's right to go through what is what could be good here, what could be good there. We could probably save those for tomorrow if we want to. But the reality of it is this, is that the Golden Knights had as about a roller coaster of a season as one could possibly imagine. When you talk about the slow start that they got off to, the big winning streak that they had, the winning stretch they had in December and January, only for Gerard Gallant to get fired after a four-game losing streak, only to bring in Peter DeBoer as a simultaneous hire. Like Everything just went about as topsy-turvy as you could have gone. And not only that, you go in, you go get Robin Leonard, you go get Alec Martinez, to anchor your goaltending and your defense, and then all of a sudden, you're wondering, what in the world team do we even have here in Vegas, and what of all of this makes any sense, if at all any? That That's really what I think this season boils down to, is that this season made no sense whatsoever. But the, the fact that we are here, you know, in September, we don't know when we're going to see another Golden Knights game again. Let, let Let's put that in perspective. We don't know <clears throat> we don't know when we're going to see another Golden Knights game. We don't know when the season is going to start. We've been hearing target dates of December and January and really up to this point 
if we're going to expect a full 82 game season, there has got to be a concise start time that actually makes sense and doesn't put everybody into the ground. So to me, I'm looking at this with a glass half empty type of situation where I don't know when we're going to see another game. I don't know when we're going to see this team on the ice again. I surely don't know if the Golden Knights are going to have enough to go on another deep playoff run with all the emotion that went into playing in this bubble. And especially when there are no games, we we have no idea where the games are even going to be played if there is even a season next year. So all of this, all of this can be taken with a grain of salt and all of this can be taken in a glass half empty mentality, which is where I'm kind of at right now. But just looking back on this season as a whole, you can bookmark each season as how memorable it was. I mean, obviously, year one, the run to the cup final, there, there will never be anything like it. You know, the, the ambiance with the October 1st shooting, the ambiance with this team just going on a magical run where they won 51 games, they won the Pacific Division title, they got home ice advantage to the first two rounds. They get to the conference final, they lose game one, but they reel off four straight against Winnipeg, and they actually went into the Stanley Cup final thinking, you know, we actually got a chance to win the whole dang thing. And, of course, they didn't. Year two, kind of the same thing. You know, they get off to that slow start with Nate, with a Nate Schmidt suspension. He comes back, Golden Knights go on a run. They're fighting for positioning in the... Uh, in the Pacific Division between second and third with San Jose, Calgary's kind of run away with the division, but Vegas was able to kind of settle down, eventually clinch a playoff spot and go up 3-1 on San Jose. And that's going to be, to me, the biggest what if of this whole situation. If the Golden Knights don't lose Game 7 against San Jose, what exactly happens? Do we think they can beat Colorado? Probably. Do we think they can beat St. Louis? That's still probably the toss-up that I'm not sure I would even go there to agree on. But there's a, you wonder what would have happened if. What would have happened if Vegas didn't blow that series? Because then we wouldn't be talking about what would have happened in year three. If the events that didn't happen in year two, I don't think we would be talking about what happened in year three. I don't think we would be talking about the Golden Knights getting off to as slow of a start as they did. I don't think we would be talking about the Golden Knights eventually firing Gerard Gallant and replacing him with Peter DeBoer. I don't think we would be talking about Vegas at 11.59 a.m. on February 24th trading for Robin Leonard and also with a few days prior trading with their big one of their big rivals in the Pacific Division to get Alec Martinez. I don't think we would be here talking about any of this. And I sure as hell don't think we would be talking about this team in this situation, knowing that they would be getting a four-month hiatus, a five-month hiatus, however long it was, before they finally played competitive hockey again. And they went on a tear in the round robin. They went on a tear against Chicago. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, this team, and they go up 3-1 in Vancouver. It's like, well, what more can this team do? What more can this team do? It seems like the destiny is written that this team is going to make a run at the Stanley Cup final until they run into a buzzsaw like Dallas and then things happen the way they are. I said when Gerard Gallant got fired on January 15th, I said if the Golden Knights don't make a deep run with at least a trip to the conference final, I would consider this season a catastrophic failure. And and I stand by that overall. I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at where Vegas was in the standings, when they fired Gallant and they hired DeBoer and the run that they went on, because let's not forget that run they went on in late February. We're talking about wins over Tampa. We're talking about wins over Washington, the Islanders, the Panthers, the Murderers Row, I think is what I call it. They won eight in a row. They cleared that homestand by winning all five of those homestand games. 
And they were looking like one of the best teams in the league. And again, they beat Tampa, like they beat Washington. They beat the top teams in the Eastern Conference and really in the league. So you look at that and you're like, well, if they would have carried that momentum all the way through April and this was a normal season, like right now, friends, we would be getting ready for training camp. We would be getting ready. We would actually be in the middle of a preseason schedule right now if things were going the way they were. But you you do have to wonder, like, what would have happened had COVID not happened? Which, I, again, I know is kind of ridiculous to think, but what would have happened if COVID didn't happen? What would have happened if the Golden Knights continued the pace that they were on? What would have happened if the Golden Knights continued to play as well as they did without Mark Stone, without Max Pacioretty in the lineup, without Alex Tuck in the lineup? How good would this team have been really if they got to the playoffs? Would they have still been any good? Would Robin Leonard have been as as good as he was? Would Pete DeBoer really have alternated between Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard? There are so many different variables here that you know, we could spend days and days on end talking about and analyzing, nitpicking, and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Golden Knights were tied 1-1 in the Western Conference Final. They had just shut out the Stars in Game 2. Robin Leonard played a really good game. They go into Game 3, it goes into overtime, and they lose 31 seconds in. And you're wondering, well, that game was pretty much a coin flip. If Vegas scores in that one and they take a 2-1 lead... Who knows what would have happened? If Vegas would have responded in game four, who knows how that would have transpired? And then you go into game five and you're like, well, if they win this game, maybe it's three to two or maybe Vegas wins four one. I mean, the fact, again, we're talking about a four to one series victory for the Dallas Stars and the aggregate score was nine to eight. That tells you a lot about where Vegas was in this series and where Dallas was. And Dallas really was two steps ahead because Vegas could not figure out how to beat Anton Kudobin. Overall, if I were to look at this season as a whole, I would call it a mild success because Kelly McCrimmon made the moves to put the Golden Knights back into the playoffs, which at the end of the day is what they really needed to do. They needed to find the right combination of coaching staff and personnel and players to say, you know what, we're not playing well right now, but if we do this, this, and this, we're going to play a lot better in March and eventually into April, we were going to be. Again, I think you can throw out those kinds of expectations out the window when you're dealing with a global pandemic. You know what I mean? It's not like we can just be talking about this as if everything just happened, everything that's happened for the last five months was normal. Like what happened happened, and at the end of the day, We can't really be too mad about this whole situation because I don't think any of this is Pete DeBoer's fault. Like Pete DeBoer did not sign up for the situation of becoming the Golden Knights coach. He made the pitch. It worked for him. Everything worked out fine in the end. There is some blame to be on DeBoer for not making any changes to the lineup, for not making any personnel changes, and I think he would have benefited greatly had he done that. And I think if he made a couple of moves here and there to kind of set a message to to put a spark into this team, then I think things might have gone a little bit differently, but maybe not to the full extent. I mean, Vegas already down 3-1. There's a reason why only one team in NHL history has come back from 3-1 in the conference final, and that was the New Jersey Devils back in 2000, who, by the way, beat the Dallas Stars to win the Stanley Cup. Overall, I mean, we have to give this an incomplete because now with the bore in the system, The Golden Knights are probably going to expect some roster turnover. They're going to put the right players in the system that suits well for Pete DeBoer, and only he is going to know 
which players work best for him. Those decisions will come in less than a month on October 9th. Overall, the Golden Knights won the division. They got back to the playoffs. They made it to the conference final. Maybe they shouldn't have been in the conference final, but they made it. All in all, I would say it's a success, but it's not the success that I think a lot of people are looking for. And now, going into year four next year, the the expectation is clear. It's got to be cup or bust because of the because of the moves that have been made, and because of the personnel you're going to have, the personnel you hope to add on later on. It is going to be cup or bust next season. And if anything, if you fall short from anything, then that will be considered a failure. But there are so many factors that we have to take into account as to why maybe this wasn't a global catastrophic failure. The only thing I can find a failure in is that the, the Golden Knights just could not put the puck in the back of the net. Like I think they did almost every other thing right in this series. They just couldn't do the name of the game, which is score. And unfortunately, that means that they won't be in the Stanley Cup final. The Dallas Stars will. And coming up in a little bit, we will be looking ahead to the Stanley Cup final. So the Stanley Cup final is halfway set. We are still awaiting one more team. That could be decided tomorrow night with Tampa Bay Lightning up 3-1 to one in the Eastern Conference final over against the New York Islanders. But I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about the Stars a little bit. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast about you know my history with the Stars and, and all that jazz. But I, w- I will say this. Dallas fans have gone through a lot over the last 20 years. Like Golden Knights fans think you got a rough now through three years and a coaching change and everything that's gone on. The Stars have literally waited two decades to even get another chance to win the Stanley Cup, whether it be through a normal playoff field, whether it be through the bubble, whatever the case may be, Rick Bonus has done a fantastic job. He has earned himself the head coaching position. I think that uh, Jim Nill had said the other day to Sportsnet that I think that the that the interim tag could be wiped off if Bonus wants the job, to which I say, sir, take the job. You've earned it. You've won over this locker room. You have won with this team. You have won with really a backup goaltender, which is even more incredible. You've gotten to this point of getting to the conference final or getting to the Stanley Cup final. Dallas fans have waited a long time for this. And I mean, you go back to the days with Madano and Belfort, Turco, the names go on and on and on. New and Dyke, Brett Hall, even you, you name the names. Dallas fans have waited a long time for this. And to me, when you're looking at a fan base that has gone through a lot in terms of you know, finding the right coach, finding the right players, finally having the ability to go all in to get a guy like Tyler Sagan to finally go into free agency. You know what? We're going to get Alex Radulov to be in the position to draft a guy like Miro Haskinen, to be able to land a goaltender like Ben Bishop, to eventually turn a goalie like Anton Kudobin into really a Conn Smythe favorite at this point if the Stars were to win the Cup. You think about the last 20 years for the Stars. You know, they win the cup in 99. They get back to the cup final in 2000. They lose to the Devils in six games. And from then on, it's like, well, are the Stars ever going to get back? They have the talent. Are they ever going to make that final leap to become the dynasty in the West that I think a lot of people anticipated? They never did. They got to one conference final appearance in 2008, only to lose to the Red Wings, who went on to win the cup. 
And from then on, it was always, you know, first round exit here, second round exit here, another second round exit here. There was just no, there was just no consistency when it came to the Dallas Stars until finally the last couple of years, you know, when you look at how just everything unfolded for Dallas to get back to this position, they were one win away last year from getting to the conference final. And really, if it weren't for the fact that Ben Bishop didn't stand on his head, Dallas would have had no chance of getting past St. Louis. And they had two chances to get to the conference final. Who knows what would have happened if they were to go on to face uh, San Jose in the conference final. We'll never know. But Dallas has been on the cusp for, for so long. They have been on really this weird ragtag journey for so long. To finally now get to the point where they get to the playoffs, they finally exceed expectations, and they're four wins away from winning their first cup in 21 years. I think if you are a Dallas Stars fan today, you have to feel really good about everything that's transpired, whether it's in a bubble, whether it's in a regular playoff setting or not. Your team is four wins away from the Stanley Cup, and that is something to be commended for. That being said, it is not going to be an easy task if the Tampa Bay Lightning get through. And I, it, by all accounts, it looked like the, the Islanders had had broken through. They had stolen momentum in Game 3, only for the Lightning to come back with Braden Point back in the lineup and Alex Kalorn back in the lineup, and they go out and just demolish the Islanders in Game five, in game 4. So now Game 5 is tomorrow night. The, the Lightning will have a chance to return to the Stanley Cup Final. And really, is anybody really going to say that they are not going to win? And it's not because Dallas isn't great, but you just look at the way Tampa is playing right now. Dallas could really match up well with Tampa. The only problem is, is that if you're Dallas, you cannot rely on the 19-20 shots you got a night against Vegas to beat that Tampa Bay team. You're going to need to pepper Tampa as much as you can because Andre Vasilevsky is on another level right now. I, I read off his stats the other day and compared them to Nikolai Habibulin when the Lightning won the Cup in 04. That team right now is so good. They are locked in. They are so good offensively. They're strong defensively. And most importantly, they are strong in net. And that's, again, that's not to say that Dallas isn't either. That The Ben Sagan-Radulov line is clicking at the right time. They are going to give whoever they're facing in the conference in the Stanley Cup Final they're going to give them fits. And they're also going to provide a lot of fits defensively when you got John Klingberg playing as well as he is, and then Miro Heiskanen, who still leads this team in points. So all of that being said, it doesn't matter really who faces off against Dallas in the cup final. They're going to be a tough out. I just think if it's Tampa, if it ends up being Tampa tomorrow night, the Lightning are going to present a huge challenge for Dallas. And I hope Dallas can make a series out of it because I think that would be a fun series to watch go maybe seven. But I'll save a prediction when the cup final is official, which will probably be tomorrow. But again, congrats to the Stars. Congrats to Stars fans. Congrats to the Dallas area, really. I mean, the fact that we're here talking about the Stars in the Stanley Cup final in September is kind of weird, especially when the Cowboys are, well, the Cowboys, and I can say that as a Cowboys fan, they are the Cowboys, and the Mavs, who just had an incredible playoff run with Luka Doncic, that team, I I mean, again, as a Mavs fan, (laughs) um, I look forward to what they do in the future, but right now it's the Stars' time. It is the Stars' time, and who would have thought 
Who would have thought really, what, three, four years ago, you'd be asking which team in the Dallas Metroplex area would win a championship first between the Cowboys, Mavs, Rangers, and Stars. Nobody, I think, picked the Stars. But here they are, four wins away from the Stanley Cup. And, you know, eventually the Golden Knights, I think, will get back there. But again, a lot of questions that need to be answered between now and then. Those questions we will start answering tomorrow on this podcast, as well as probably get an official word on who will be facing the stars in the Stanley Cup final. So thank you all for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All of that jazz is greatly appreciated. Again, I know for Golden Knights fans, not the ending, not the result you wanted, but to make it to the conference final for the second time in three years, but obviously to fall short, there is some good to hang your hat on. But now it's going to be a very interesting offseason coming up for the Golden Knights. And we're going to have to guide us all through one step at a time. So that will do it for me, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today. Tomorrow we will be breaking down who's in the cup final with Dallas. And we will start tackling the questions that need to be answered with the Golden Knights. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The Golden Knights season may be over, but that does not mean that we are. Have a good night, everybody.